Michelle Marquinio was an 18-year-old girl. She lived in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. She was an only child. On December 19, 1979, Michelle was stabbed 29 times in the face, neck, and chest in the J.C. Penney's parking lot at Westdale Mall in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. There were no witnesses or cameras that saw her murder, so this was going to be a very difficult case to solve. The police first suspect was Michelle's boyfriend, Andy. Andy had an alibi. He was home with his mom at the time of Michelle's murder. But he was at the mall that night. He said that he did run into Michelle at the mall, but he went home around 8 or 9. Michelle and her boyfriend, Andy Sadell, had broken up a couple months prior to Michelle's murder. Michelle's friends said that Andy was in a committed relationship with her, but she did not want to be in a committed relationship with him. She was in high school. Her friends also said that Andy wanted to know everything about Michelle after they broke up. Andy wanted to know who she was dating. He even asked her friends about her. According to Andy and Michelle, the end of the relationship ended on good terms. He had no reason to hurt her. At the funeral, Andy was very emotional. He said, I had to know who she loved when she died. Did she love me or did she love Mike? Mike was her ex-boyfriend. Mike was a suspect even though he was 100 miles away at college that night. Mike was cleared from the list of suspects. There's not much evidence of who the killer could be. There is little blood on the gear shift. The killer must have cut himself with the knife while he stabbed Michelle. In 1997, they did not have a lot of DNA technology, so this was a very difficult case. They could not find a match, so the detectives used genealogy records and birth records. By 1986, his case went cold. But in 2005, there's new detectives assigned to the case. And he went to high school with Michelle. Andy Sidell was looking, looked at again as a suspect. He took a DNA test and he was cleared as a suspect again. In 2015, the detectives resumed the research for a killer. And by then, DNA research had advanced further. The detectives had some sketches drawn up of who they thought her killer had been. He had blue eyes and blonde hair. But they did not know how old he was, so they made a different ages. They got hundreds of tips calls, and none of them helped her find Michelle's killer. In 2018, they picked up the case. The detectives used family DNA charting, and they got someone that was related to the killer. Her name was Brandy Jennings. She was the second cousin of the killer. They made a family tree of the killer, the killer's family, and they came up across three brothers: Donald. Ken and Jerry Burns. They had to collect DNA samples from all the brothers without them knowing, so they made a plan. They collected a toothbrush from one of the brothers' trash. They followed the other brothers to lunch and took their straws. Donald and Kenneth came back negative, but Jerry came back in an exact match. Jerry's Burns was her killer. Here's the police interview with Jerry Burns. The reality is we have your DNA at the crime scene, and so we know you were there that night this happened. How would we get your DNA at the crime scene there, Jerry? I don't know. But Jerry acknowledged he had been to the mall with his family in the past. Would you go to Westdale Mall? Oh, yeah, we'd come to Westdale Mall. Although Jerry couldn't remember when he was at the mall, Denglinger continued to press him. Jerry, what happened that night? I don't know. Despite Burns' denials, 
the DNA was enough to arrest him for the murder of Michelle Martinko. I also have two more interviews. This interview is from Jerry Burns' family, and the next one is from his lawyer. But for the Burns family, it all came as a complete shock. Jerry's daughter Jennifer and his brother Don could not believe the man they know and love could ever be capable of such a gruesome act. We did not believe it. This could not be our dad. He couldn't have done it. There was just no way. I mean, he was he was always there for his family. Circumstance that just made it highly improbable from our perspective. First of all, there was no connection between Jerry and Michelle Martinko. None. Leon Spees is Jerry Burns' attorney. He believes his client's demeanor during the police interview wasn't out of the ordinary. I challenge anybody to, to predict how any person is going to react, uh, let alone react uh, being caught uh, out of the blue with an investigator trying to attribute them to a, a horrible, horrible crime. He did not. Burns' lawyer does not think he killed him killed Michelle. Now in February of 2020, Jerry went to trial. Lots of Michelle's friends were asked to testify. Jerry's soulmate, Michael Allison, said something interesting while he was playing cards. Jerry said, I feel like no matter what happens, I already won. I had the opportunity to be with my family all these years. Someone, something that also came up at trial was how did Jerry Burns DNA get on the gear shift of Michelle's car. Dr. Spencer, a molecular biologist, was asked if it was possible that Burns DNA could end up on Michelle's car gear shift because of DNA shedding. He said that it wasn't very possible and it was very not likely. So the jury took all their evidence that they had learned about and it only took them three hours to come to a verdict. The jury found Jerry Burns guilty of Michelle Marquinhos' murder and charged him with the murder of the first degree. Jerry was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. I got all of my interviews and information for this podcast for my 48 hours interview on the CBS website. The, inter- the producers of these interviews were Alec Shikano, Jamie Schultz, Matthew Bofarb, and Lincoln Farr.